I think many consumers out there, because we are living in a very urbanized world, I think many consumers have actually lost a little bit the touch to nature. So I think it could be a, a radical shift to really think about how would it look like if we change 12 crops and 5 animals to a different formula? What would that look like if a couple of hundred uh, or even a thousand crops would actually be brought back into the supply of, uh, of, of food? And how diverse would that be? How flavorful would it be? How many textures we would experience? How many different smells we would experience? So switching on these senses again, I think, is truly important. That's Chris Langwalner, the inspirational co-founder and CEO of Singaporean company What If Foods, a trailblazing business attempting to fix a broken food system by making daily staples like noodles and milk from nutritional, previously overlooked ingredients such as the bambara nut. These crops are grown using regenerative practices and value chains as opposed to supply chains that also empower farmers in regions around the world. Jen Creevy, our Director of Food and Drink, chatted to Chris over Zoom about his company and the future of regenerative farming and food. So I want to start at the beginning. Um, where did the idea for What If Foods come from? Well, I guess it really is an accumulation of experiences over the past decade or so. In particular, I am really concerned about arable land, its degradation, uh, and everything that goes on with regards to that. Um, and in particular, if you want to call out something, it's the United uh, Nations Sustainable Goal number 15 that really highlights that more than 50% of arable land today is essentially lost and not productive anymore as it once used to be. Now, let me actually put this a little bit into more tangible numbers. We are talking about uh, the loss of arable land every minute equal the size of 20 to 25 soccer fields which is just a gigantic sort of a number, while at the same time we are deforesting at the same speed for fresh land that is then available for the current system. And that is definitely not something we look forward to thinking about next generation. So it is in that sort of context where I, in many years ago in Jakarta, actually met a gentleman called Prof. Prof. Uh, Syed, who used to be and still is the CEO of Crops for the Future, and he was busy uh, researching for what he called forgotten crops or underutilized crops. And uh, it was in a, in a conference, in, literally in an elevator, uh, where, he, where we actually met up and we gave each other the elevator pitch. And he introduced me to the Bambara groundnut as a means to actually grow food again uh, on degraded arable land. Regenerative is something that we've been talking about at WGSN for some time. And, and also, as you mentioned, these forgotten crops like bambara nuts, fonio, etc. are other ones. So how difficult is it to create that supply chain with those bambara nuts and, and, um, and then create products from them? The sort of supply chain in a classic way is a very linear thinking. It is like a transactional base and... If you engage yourself in an entire new system, one needs to step back from there and say, first of all, stop talking about supply chains. This has to be a value chain where equitability comes in, where farmer communities are being taken care of, as well as other ecological systems and the, the, the whole biodiversity around, uh, around the communities they're operating in. What 
we found working the best is to go into these communities uh, that we do today in Ghana, in West Africa, and invite them to adopt new practices, treat them in a partnership rather than as a supplier, help them understand why we do the, the way we do it, what is it that they actually contribute uh, by not only producing the bambara as a crop that gives them an income, but also like using the biochar as a means to actually help sequester carbon and for them to then benefit from the additional aspects of biochar, including absorption as a sponge, almost like a battery of nutrients for the plants that then can actually feed up on it. So it is um, essentially, it is really the relationship that one needs to build with uh, the farming communities to then build trust and on the basis of that start engaging on the, and a meaningful relationship on a meaningful value chain rather than a linear supply chain. And the value chain doesn't mean really that it's linear. It is very circular. Like the Pampara ground not as it being can be used in our milks and in the dough for our noodles. But the, the, the shell of the Pampara groundnut can be converted into biochar. So therefore, there is a, a loop that can be closed and you can actually give back and contribute to soil health as well as community health while you actually make a product that replenishes the nutrients on the other end of the spectrum at the consumer. And therefore, super rewarding. But it takes one to really have the ability, the desire to really reach out to farming communities and their respective arable land and the ground understand that, as well as build a brand that then connects to a certain community and a movement that allows the demand to be generated for the new crops that enter the system. And where do you see that demand coming from in particular? Well, all our research that we have done and all the interactions that we have um, ongoing, like, let me quote my mom, she says, I'm too old to really make a huge change. But if you tell me I should buy this, I'm up for it. So it is not so sort of the, the let me say, the boomer generation. It is really the, the youth today that resonate a lot with what we do. They understand, uh, they sniff out BS very, very quickly. They are probably the first generation that has been educated in sustainability right from kindergarten. So they have a totally different approach and sense for what's right thing to do. Therefore, we believe that uh, the message that we, that we have out there is, is, the, is the one that resonates with today's youth. And quite frankly, we are doing it for them. And I'm quoting here my grandfather. My grandfather was always proud to say, you know, I can hand over my business, my farm to my sons and the farm is better off than I found it. And um, unfortunately, over the last 80 years, probably we forgot that approach. We just uh, wiped it off the table. We didn't consider it being, uh, that being important. And, and, and for us at What If Foods, it is. You're listening to Create Tomorrow, the WGSM podcast. Next, Jen Creevy, our director of food and drink, asked Chris about the role he thought regenerative agriculture will play in the future of food. How big a part do you think regenerative agriculture will play in the, the future of food? I mean, I know um, part of your ethos is to reimagine the future of food. So how big a part do you think it will play? And, and what do you think as an industry we need to do to, to further accelerate it? I guess answering your question, I would like to step back a little bit and, uh, and, and reflect as to where we are today. Um, 
we are living in a world where I think the vast majority of us all understand that the current uh, sort of agricultural system needs to change, needs to stop, needs to adopt different practices. But being an Austrian, one would ask the question, so why not go organic? And for me, the answer here is one that because organic systems don't really uh, look beyond eliminating synthetic pesticides, fertilizers, growth regulators and feed additives, they stop here. They don't go really into regenerating what's broken, looking at biodiversity, looking at soil health, looking at uh, carbon sequestration, looking at water footprint. That's not considered within organic. So you can be doing organic, but still degrading. And, and that is just not good enough anymore. We need to have a much broader approach to the farming practices of, of, of it. And then you have a number of principles and a number of actions that one can adopt. But those actions and these goals are different uh, from region to region, literally from community to community, because they are represented with totally different challenges. But to me, this is only one aspect really of, uh, of regeneration. Regeneration to me is a much wider philosophy. It is bigger because regenerative agricultural practices worry about a very important aspect of it. But regenerative agricultural systems don't take into consideration community health, community well-being, climate anxiety, uh, climate refugees. It doesn't take into consideration the well-being of the consumers. You know, today, seven out of 10 consumers struggle from the current food system. You know, we are more unhealthy than we've ever been. I and mean, we are the biggest supplier to the pharma industry, in a way. So uh, that sort of uh, system thinking is one that we need to adopt in order to make this world a much better place. And regeneration goes beyond just the agricultural system. So Chris, alongside um, startups and businesses like yourselves, obviously we need the, the bigger companies and the bigger brands to also adopt regenerative agriculture, many of which have made pledges to do so. Um, what would you say are the sort of key elements to encouraging um, regenerative agriculture and, like you say, also helping those small farmers? And also, is this a, is this a consumer uh, awareness drive as well? Because um, I, you know yourself that many of these ingredients are as nutritious or more nutritious than, than the ones that we, we eat every day already. So is there something around consumer awareness as well as um, asking the, the big brands to, to push harder into this? You know, I feel, Jennifer, I'm not really in a position to talk on behalf of others and what they are doing, what they are pledging. Uh, let, that, let that be out there and let them prove themselves that they can do it. But let me probably take the opportunity to spell out a little bit the worry I have with regards to everything that I'm seeing out there. We have arrived today in a world where 12 crops and 5 livestock are used to make more than 75% of all food that is being consumed. And that is an insane consolidation to just a few crops. This is the opposite of biodiversity. This is the opposite of being holistic. And this is, this is a core foundational issue that got us into a system that today emits one third of all greenhouse gases. Uh, it uses 77% of all fresh water. It uses 70% of arable land to make feed for livestock that then contributes only at 17% of calories that we consume. So my worry here is that if we 
allow regeneration to be misused for just another level of greenwashing, we don't tackle the root causes of the problem. So I fully appreciate that existing brands, existing companies will struggle to actually work work biodiversity as a core concept of regeneration into their existing supply chains. So I guess my worry is that if we leave regeneration on that particular narrative alone, then we will end up doing things incrementally better but by far not the right thing. It is a little bit like the agrotech industry. If agrotech and if technology like you know precision fertilizing and all of that uh, is deployed on the wrong thing, it makes the wrong thing just more efficiently wrong and we dig a deeper rabbit hole rather than treating the root causes of it. We're talking about the future of food on the WGSN Crate Tomorrow podcast. Next, Chris Langwana of industry disruptor What If Foods shares with our director of food and drink, Jen Creevy, his vision of a future with a diverse food industry where biodiversity will flourish and the world might rely on a thousand crops rather than 12. Obviously, you have a future vision for the company, but what do you see as your future vision for the entire sort of food and drink industry? Where would you like to see us over the next 10 to 15 years? I think many consumers out there, because we are living in a very urbanized world, I think many consumers have actually lost a little bit the touch to nature. So I think it could be a radical shift to really think about how would it look like if we change 12 crops and five animals to a different formula? What would that look like if a couple of hundred uh, or even a thousand crops would actually be brought back into the supply of, uh, of, of food? And how diverse would that be? How flavorful would it be? How many textures would we would experience? How many different smells we would experience? So switching on these senses again, I think is truly important. And I think in that context, we also need to think about how can that be enabled, not just think about what could be possible if we would be able to encourage the regulators to say, let's come up with a system that has a true cost accounting for the food that is being consumed today, taking into consideration the effects on the ecosystem as well as the well-being of communities and the consumers alike and have a true cost accounting because then transparency in the system could actually kick in. And I think that is super important because if we then would allow, for example, I'm, I'm dreaming now a little bit, but if we would allow to have a, a board consisting out of two young individuals from every country in this world policing this effort. How wonderful would that be, you know, keeping us all at check? Because personally, I struggle to see a bright future ahead unless and until we really rally behind life on land, SDG 15. Because without it, it, it is difficult for me to foresee um, eliminating poverty or hunger or achieve greater well-being, equality, education, clean water, and the list goes on. All resides on the foundation that we are basically land creatures as a humanity. And uh, if we don't take care of SDG 15, life on land, and if we don't appreciate the ecosystem as well as biodiversity, we will have a a tough way going forward. I love that idea. I love the idea of the the youth getting involved um, 
you know, if only that would happen. But there are some there are some bright spots. You know, I know in the in the US climate bill, regenerative agriculture was mentioned there. So I guess it's about pushing for more of those bright spots for the future. It's Create Tomorrow, the WGSM podcast, and we're hearing from the CEO of What If Foods. Here, Chris explains to Jen, our director of food and drink, why the Bambara nut is such a miracle regenerative crop. And tell us a little bit about your your Bam nut milk and your noodles, Chris. This has been a journey that took us years and years in, in, in its making. Like, for example, when we approached um, the means of re designing and reimagining the sort of uh, instant noodles that we have today, we were thinking, why on earth are we still deep frying instant noodles on super large scale? Why are we using palm oil in, in, a, in, in, in that process? That's definitely a recipe for the last century, not for this century. Today we need nutrients that replenish us rather than just calories to feed empty stomachs. So that philosophy got us going to basically think through as to how can we take the deep frying process step out, which is super challenging on large scale. Uh, how can we do that commercially viable? Uh, and we cracked the code here. And uh, today we are able to basically use wheat flour. We have replaced the palm oil. We take the, uh, we take the, ba- the, the bambaran groundnut flour that we have, make a super cool dough structure, add other ingredients like moringa to it, to bring this vitality and color in onto our plates again. And here we are, a total new offering that consumers can't really distinguish in terms of texture from the original product, which is super cool. And then you can play around with, uh, with other seasonings being added in for flavor. And, uh, and here we go. The journey in the milk, however, was one of a totally different one. We were thinking, you know, the plant-based milk category per se exists already. And... What is it that they are missing? And again, I'm coming back to biodiversity. I'm coming back to water footprint. I'm going back to uh, carbon emissions. Can we not come up with an entirely new process that gets us going to utilize the entire crop um, in, in the milk rather than separating it out? And my team has been busy working on challenges. And today we essentially use just three ingredients to derive a portfolio of different functional products, such as our barista every day, as well as Aerie. Three major ingredients. And this is just water, the bambara and uh, a plant-based oil from coconut. It is possible if you allow yourself to really redesign not only the formula, but also the process, um, the production, of, of the crop and so on and so forth. It's a totally different journey to it, but ultimately all aiming at a larger philosophy of reimagining, of regenerating on our three pillars, and that being replenishing, restore and reconnect. My colleague in Singapore says uh, the, the, the bam nut milk is delicious, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> but then I guess... Um, you know, we're living in very difficult times at the moment, Chris, aren't we, with, that, with the cost of living crisis, energy crisis, etc. Um, do you think it's more difficult for consumers to sort of stick to their values and, and, you know, keep buying regenerative, which can in some cases cost a little bit more um, in, a, in the climate that we're facing at the moment? Of course, every crisis uh, makes consumers step back and look at the wallet and zip it up tighter. 
Um, we have seen this. We have seen this now in the last twenty over years in every crisis, be it nine eleven, be it the financial crisis, be it COVID. Now being uh, the war in Europe, um, it all contributes to uncertainty. However, I think, and this is my hope. I'm speaking out here. I hope that the consumers that we are speaking to understand and see the potential they can make on the impact for a better future, where probably some of these ailments that we have today and battle with, these crises, can be eliminated by a much better system to start with. And therefore, the invitation out there to consumers, switch bum nut milk in in your consumption, um, switch our noodles in in your consumption. And at the end of the day, particularly in the Western world, my, uh, my appeal to the consumers is step back and think how much of your income you really spend on food and how much your food choices make a difference. Regenerative and sort of climate hero ingredients are um, one of the solutions to the, the food crisis that we face. What are your views on how regenerative will grow alongside industries such as the cell-based meat industry, for example? Uh, all of these technologies will come to the market sooner or later and they will find their own niches. However, the, at the beginning of our what-if journey, we were asking ourselves a lot of questions about how many layers can we really impact. I'm just hopeful that people understand that you know, a lifestyle choice like um, a cell-based meat might be, might be adorable for an occasion. Great, go for it, no problem. Yet, uh, how much change does it really bring about is the question to be seen. How long does it take for these technologies to come alive and come online once the products are being out there? The call of the hour is now. We need to change the system now and fundamentally... Um, the reliance even on the plant-based industry today, they are relying still on these old crops, which to me, you know, and my fellow colleagues, is not really good enough. There is a better way of doing it, if I may say so. Um, this has been fascinating. I have just one last question. So I love the name of your brand, you know, What If. So what other What If questions are you asking yourselves and your business now and for the future? So what if we can scale is definitely a big, big uh, challenge that we have. Um, that about for a year now. And we are doing, I think we're doing, my, my colleagues are doing a fantastic job. We have, we've been able to, to grow 50x. Uh, in, granted, we started from a small base, but uh, we are growing nicely. It is, uh, what if we can become better and better every day is the core question that we ask ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis. Every, every week, uh, I'm checking in with my senior team and uh, it is that challenging questioning about, is there a better way of doing it? What is it that we can improve? Uh, don't rest on what we have got. It's early days. It's still a very, very young journey that we have started. Thanks so much to Chris Langwana and Jen Creevy for joining the WGSN podcast today. And thank you all for listening. If you're a WGSN subscriber, you'll find many reports on regenerative and plant-based foods on our food and drink platform. If you want to find out how to subscribe, head over to WGSN.com to discover how you can get access to our service. 
We're constantly publishing new content focusing on how we can design a brighter, better future for our industries. And those include food and drink, interiors, beauty, fashion and consumer tech. You can subscribe to the show on all major podcast platforms. And if you like what you've heard, why not leave us a rating and review on iTunes? I'd also like to thank our podcast producer, Roland Bodnam, and we'll be back in two weeks for our next episode. Thank you.